Demons Discuss, TV Show Review, Season 2, Episode 10. Welcome to Demons Discuss. Hi guys, Belle here. I want to welcome you to our last episode covering the episodes of A Discovery, which is season two. This was a fun season for us to watch and this is our favorite book. So thanks for coming on the journey. We didn't do a random patron sponsor this time purposely because I want to recognize all of you patrons out there that have joined us since the airing of the television show. A big thank you to Nicole Rosen, Merle 16, Anne Bruneau Polin. I hope I pronounced that right. Martha Murray, Patty, Kristen Wessel, Alana King, Catherine Rigsby, Twanda Thurkill, Constance Payette, Kristen Mears, Nikki, Jane Baxter, Kirsten Silky Westendorf, Anne Halthrop, Jamie Tarbell, Amanda Soderberg, Norma Young, Vanessa Wallace, Val Stetter, and Jennifer Daly. And that's where we're at as of my recording right now. So I want to thank you all for helping us. And thank you for your belief in us. And we hope you enjoy the after show, which will come back, I promise, after all of this is done. We still have so many things to offer you. And also, um, I wanted to come on here prior to airing this episode and let you know that our plans have slightly changed at the end. We want to make sure our audience knows and is clear about what our intentions are. So we asked a lot of you to fill out the form and give us your thoughts on each episode. And the response was so overwhelming. That if we were to get all of your queries and thoughts and everything out there, we'd be doing five episodes separate. (laughs) And that's fine. And actually, that is our intention. So instead of right after this season ends and all of our bonuses, we are planning some bonus episodes for you all. The big surprise will actually be next week. So stand by for that. We want to air your feedback along with the U.S. cable release of A Discovery, which is season two, which will be in June 2021. And this way we can make fun miniature episodes to go along with our episode coverage. So all of you who have filled out the forms and labeled your emails to be, okay, this message is reference episode one or episode six. We want to correlate all of those feedback sessions and talk directly to all of them with the AMC schedule. So not AMC Plus, but the actual AMC that's going to show up on people's cable providers. We thought that would be a great way to do this. And we hope you forgive us, but there was overwhelming. We did not expect so much feedback. So you've given us a lot to chew on and a lot to work with. After episode one airs in June, we will put out a mini episode as a companion talking about just you guys' feedback. We wanted to make sure that was highlighted and we didn't want to leave anybody out. You can't please all the people all the time, but we continue to try to. At the very end of this episode that we're about to go into, we get into explaining how we're planning on doing the extra episode, but scratch all that. Just believe what I'm saying right now. (laughs) 
because that was a few weeks ago when we recorded that. And with time, things change. All right, guys, please enjoy this episode. There is more coming. Stay tuned. Next week, we have a special surprise. But on to episode 10. The unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello, girls. Hey. And what are we talking about today, Angela? We're talking about season two, episode 10, equal measures, past and present, and no pun intended, tying up loose ends. All the loose ends are getting tied up, kind of. (laughs) Kind of. something. (laughs) Laying a foundation for season three, maybe two. So what'd you guys think of this episode overall? honest it's fine it's not my favorite first watch i didn't care for i liked it much better the second watch yeah i put it in the freezer like i said yeah, <laughs> yeah. i didn't go that far first watch it was like eh. it just right. felt like the odds and ends episode yes and then the second time i watched it then i was kind of like uh it's still the odds and ends episode but there's it is. bright spots mm-hmm. in it definitely but yes it felt like the prologue to season three rather than the finale to season two. Agree. And I th- yeah. I think my reasons why I didn't care for it or the sagging spots for me will have to be spoiler zone material. Same here. Okay. That sounds good. Like I said, I put it in the freezer the first time. It's like when we all were watching and we were like, well, we should watch it together. But that didn't happen. We had some staggered <laughs> views and, and whatever. Yeah. So Angela went ahead and watched it. And then I think me and Jean kind of watched it on our own. Yeah. Yeah. And I started it and then halfway through I was like, nope, I'll watch it you later. Know, I yeah. can't believe you actually <laughs> noped out. I was just kind of like, okay. You committed yourself. You were like, I'm going to do yeah, this, right? Th- that's kind of what I do. I, I don't nope out of books and I just couldn't know how to that episode. <laughs> I knew I'd have to watch it sooner or later. I remember you made a comment, uh, Valerie. You're like, I don't want to be disappointed. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I wasn't disappointed. I, I think I feel the same at this season finale as I did the last, where they just kind of stopped the episode as Satu and Peter and Jerbear were approaching, mm-hmm. and then Diana and Matthew are getting ready to leap, and it's just like poof. I was like, uh, wait, yeah, but see, no. That was a perfect cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, if you think about that, I mean, that that made perfect sense, especially if you hadn't read the books. That was like, that was a very yeah great place for a cliffhanger. And, I, and when we get through this, I think the actual, one of the actual last scenes we get was a pretty good cliffhanger. But when you kind of think about that whole last sequence, it's like, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I ended the episode last night when I was doing my final review for this, Mm -hmm. for the thing we're doing here, was kind of just like scratch my head. And I was like, I have questions. (laughs) I do. So I know a place where you can ask those questions. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's pay our bills. Let's do it. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. Because of our patrons, we don't need advertisers. And that's good because that means means we don't have to say stuff like this. Okay, bear with me. And then Diana threw a frying pan at Matthew's head. And boy, Matthew got growly. But before we go on, let's talk about this awesome toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about the frying pan. Yeah, I was, I was hoping we'd get a meal in a box myself that we could cook in that well, frying pan. Well, the frying pan might be a better sell, right? Yeah. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> 
So, yeah, that would be bad if you heard in the middle of our chat about Diana and Matthew's adventures that I had to bust in because of a frying pan or a toothbrush. So, <laughs> yeah. Gene, sell our listeners on Patreon. Patreon. I can't emphasize it enough. Patreon will get you the demons on the off weeks. Yay. Which is always fun. We always chat about all kinds of different things from books to our lives to TV shows to, I mean, if you're looking for recommendations or takes on current events, skip on over to the after show and you'll get an earful. <laughs> if, you want com- yeah. if you want company while you're washing your floor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or taking your daily walk when it's not like zero degrees outside. And you get the after show for every level on Patreon. And as you go up our levels, you also receive additional swag, stickers, tote bags, we did coasters, I think, uh, mm-hmm. magnets, and it varies from level to level. Also, everybody gets entered into the quarterly demon roulette, which as we go on, Valerie plays Oprah and the prize packs keep getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> Look under your chairs, guys. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and the most important thing about our Patreon is it helps us keep putting these episodes on the air by paying for all the things that we need to pay for in order to put together a professionally sounding show, our hardware, our software, all the equipment Valerie needs to make us sound good and look good. That's what our patrons support. A better product for everybody. Yay. Thank well you. Very good. So if you guys are interested, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. And on my little sticky note says here. Don't forget the disclaimers. I'm not going to forget. Disclaim away, Val. Okay. So in this episode, the first part of the episode, we are going to concentrate what is presented to us on screen while we're watching the TV show. And that is all the first part of this episode. Okay. We are going to attempt to do this because, eh, you know, our track record is a little bit spotty. (laughs) We try. We've been doing pretty good. We try. That's the thing. And then we will go into the spoiler zone. And there we will compare and contrast the books to the TV show. And that is designed for people who have generally read the books and are comparing and contrasting the books to the TV show. Now, if you haven't read the books and you plan on reading the books and you don't want book spoilers, we're going to sound an alarm. And after that alarm, it'll give you the option to stop the podcast. Save it for a later day. Save it for a later day. Maybe catch up with us later at another time after you've read the book. Or maybe you just catch up with our chapter episodes, which will be after this. There's that. Did I forget anything? Angela. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Do your, your spiel. <laughs> uh, when, when Valerie says, have you read the, or if you've read the books, we mean all three books. Uh, so mm-hmm. we may talk about, yes, contrast and compare to the TV show, but we also talk about the story as a whole, including the ending of the Book of Life. Also, we don't, well, there are no more TV episodes to spoil, but we don't spoil that way either. Yeah, that's true. It's like, we don't go into future episodes and spoil it's like ah, well, <laughs> well there are none right. at this point so let's do this let's end this adventure and start the wagon guys yay a squeal out of the parking space because we got a lot of ground to cover in this episode oh, yeah. oh my god yeah let's hit the ground running here we go so we open up diana is working on her knots with goody also and then we flash to matthew looking at constellations on a chart with jack and then back to diana she's working on the eighth knot now we're looking at Diana, Matthew, and Jack stargazing. And then Diana was working with Goody and the ninth knot. I felt like we needed like a peppy Taylor Swift song for a <laughs> background on this montage because we were like bopping back and forth big time. I know. <laughs> or tennis match. Pop. 
Pass. <laughs> okay, so, and then Diana was working with Goody on the ninth knot, and Goody informs her that there is another weaver in town. Don't talk to him. What did you think about the, the actual knots? I, th- I really loved how I thought they were beautiful. Yeah. looked like yeah. a flower. Yeah. So pretty. And I never noticed before, but when she actually ties them into a knot, they disappear into her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I never got that before in any of the no, other episodes. No, uh-uh. yeah. It's like she's progressing. But yeah, I, I thought it was like gossamer threads and they were just beautiful, the special effects. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Jean. Mm-hmm. I, it looked like almost like a lotus flower or something. Mm-hmm. I was thinking mm-hmm. a dahlia, but it was so yeah, many that little, could be too. little petals and stuff. And then the ninth one, it started out almost like a really intricate spider's web. Yes. Which yes. I thought was interesting because that harkened back to season one and her dream with all of the webs. And I mean, in both instances, she was kind of frustrated. So I, I like how they tied that together, no pun intended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Along with, too, Goody's place. It's like Sarah's still room extraordinaire. I mean, there's like stalks mm-hmm. of things hanging yes. upside down and just it's it's not decoration. It's her functional needs. I kind of yeah. like how all of her cloaks were hanging above the fireplace so they could like dry <laughs> out. I thought that was just clever as all got out. I love the look of her face. Goody's face is just so calming. Yes. She just, mm-hmm. I, I just, they chose a really good person for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was definitely an instance of perfect casting. James yes. Purefoy had tweeted the other day calling her Sheila Hancock out that she is phenomenal in this. So that's quite the accolades. Yeah. All right. So now we're with our opening theme music. Yeah. We already discussed the patchwork opening, how it was kind of dizzy. And I was going to say, when we, we go to our opening credits, um, mm-hmm. in, it, it's kind of neat. Like Angela was saying, as the episodes progress and you see more and more, there's some Easter eggs buried in there. There's actually a collage in there, which has part of episode five after Diana kills Champier, overlaired mm-hmm. with the temple. And I, I forget one other thing. And it's basically like the Claremont's Mary amidst bloodshed. It's what we do. That's cool. Yeah. Which was, even though we didn't get that line in the show, it's like, wait a minute, we've got it in the opening. This is so cool. Yes. I love that. Remind me to screenshot that. That's wow. Yeah, I know. I was like, there you go. And Mm. now I want to go through the rest of it and see what else I can find. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So now we are in the present day. Septour. Agatha and family have arrived, and then we're joined by Phoebe and Marcus. What did you think about Phoebe's little car? And she was just driving along the road, so zippy and girl in control. And- I loved her. Yeah. She was ready. She's like, I'm ready for this shit. Bring it, Marcus. And Mar- Marcus the vampire doesn't drive. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> He's definitely a more relaxed vampire than Matthew ever was. This is and, more, and more modern, you know, he, because he's yeah. closer to modern times, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. He's been able to evolve, so I don't know where his freeze point's going to be, maybe in 100, 200 years. Though I'm wondering why he hasn't bothered to learn how to drive, but that's probably a function of Ed, too. <laughs> Since Ed doesn't drive. And Phoebe's like, yeah, I'm down for this. And and Marcus keeps checking in with her. He's like, are you sure? And it ties back into episode five when Diana and Matthew stop at that exact same mm-hmm. scenic lookout. <laughs> yeah. 
and have this kind of the same conversation. But Marcus is a lot nicer about it. Yeah. <laughs> I love Phoebe's whole outlook. I mean, assuming she's in her 20s somewhere, her whole life's yeah. in front of her. She's got no obligations. I mean, yes, she has friends and family, but do follow your dreams. If this is what you're, I mean, yes, you have to have some sense, but I get that she's like, I want to see it all. And that's yeah. that's the bright eyed optimism you have at that age. And she's so open minded about it all, too. Yes. It's just like, yeah, Correct. of course, which kind of just underscores Gen Z, I think. I appreciated Isabeau where she's welcoming everybody into the house. Agatha's like, thank you. And Isabel's like, let's meet inside. Let's talk about this inside. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, Jerbear might be the drones, watching. The okay. drones are over here somewhere. Let's move, 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 move. It was very um, spies at a safe house. Almost. Yeah, she's she's like, I'm going to have a pleasant looking face, but you need to get your butt inside. Yeah. <laughs> And then Isabeau and Phoebe meet, and Marcus proudly introduces her as his partner. And I was like, oh, oh so cute. I loved it. So cute. So I loved cute. it. I loved it. It's the first look of warmth I've seen, and purposely, you yeah. know, that she's had when she meets yeah. Phoebe, which I loved it. But you know what? I have to credit Diana because she has like trailblazers have broken down walls and paved the way for Phoebe. Like first children. Yes. That's what they do. (laughs) The oldest. And the other thing, well, I think it's also a difference between son and grandson too. Yeah, Yeah, true. She dotes on him. Back to 1591. (laughs) We're traveling back and forth. Matthew and Diana are out on the town shopping in the marketplace. And Diana says she wants to get Jack a new book. So she steps into a shop. I just love that bookseller stall. It was beautiful. I wish we would have gotten a couple more seconds in it because yeah. James yeah, Morris see what's just around. a fantastic job of... Imagine putting all that work in there and it's just for like three, four seconds. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah. I wonder how much of that was recycled from the archives. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. So she steps into the shop and starts browsing, and it seems Matthew has picked up a new scent. He says, strange, I smell coffee. And then off he goes. Uh, he also says, it's a time walker, Diana, after Diana says, whatever, coffee won't be around for decades. And he's like, Phoom, he's out of yeah. there. And she's like, ah, shit, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And then he stops this dude. Time walker, Diana. Who are you? Dad? Diana. So what did you guys think? I mean, Stephen, we knew what was coming there, so... Yeah, he looked yeah. like a scared rabbit. He did. He did. <laughs> he did. Even with like almost a little twitchy nose. It was like, yeah. wow, I kind of wasn't expecting that. I don't know. I come with baggage, Stephen baggage, but yeah. my heart hurts for him the whole episode. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The Stephen baggage is like got the heavy sticker on it and you better not throw it too hard or you're going to put your back right. out at, when you unload right. the plane. So next scene, they're in the heart and crown and Diana's pretty hesitant. And so I'm just going to put a clip in here mm-hmm. because I can go back and forth about what I think and whatever, but we can talk about it after that's done. So you're the vampire Rebecca saw in her visions. Is this where you met? No, I brought Matthew with me. You're a good time walker then. Any progress with the ninth knot? Goody says it can't be rushed. looking for these. That's why I left him. You left them on the floor and Francois nearly slid down the stairs. Hmm. Off you go. 
How long has he been with you? Forgive me, Stephen, but why are you here? I'm an anthropologist. I'm here to observe. And to look for something. An alchemical book. Ashmole 782. We have it. You won't let me read it. Maybe because three pages have been ripped out. There's a strange image of the Tree of Life. One of two dragons shedding their blood. And then the page that was sent to Diana. It was postmarked from Jerusalem. Arrived out of the blue. Jewish witches, we presume. Rabbi Lo. It's possible, I suppose. Maybe he got that page from Kelly and he kept it safe for you. I'd always assumed if I found it in this time, the text wouldn't be hidden. And I'd be able to study it. Shame you can't read it. There are other ways. The vellum is made from the skin of creatures. The DNA that it contains could hold many answers. Its importance goes beyond mere research. Powerful creatures are looking for it. Including a witch from the congregation. Peter Knox. Well, well, well. I hope he doesn't know this dark magic in it. Peter's obsessed with the dark arts. All right, so what did you think about their talk? I mean, he just seemed like, just Debbie Downer everywhere. I mean, he went from scared rabbit to Peter. He was such a pain in the ass. Beep, 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 beep. You're breaking uh, all the rules. Well, nobody bothered to tell her the rules, dude. Yeah, what were the rules? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? It's like you're breaking all the rules of time walking. It's like, wow, okay, wh- you would, where was that? You would think he'd have a little bit of empathy since he's self-taught that, you know, yes. maybe he would understand that she's kind of in the same boat he is, so she wouldn't know. They talk about the three missing pages. They talk about all the creatures looking for them. What did you think, uh, I mean, to go back maybe a step or two is the fact that he said, well, I'm just here to observe and look for the book. Right. I mean, he, I mean, that he, he intentionally showed up there. Yeah. To the point. I mean, yeah, yeah we'll talk about that in the spoiler additional zone. thoughts in the spoiler yeah. zone. Yeah. We ha- we're going to have to. So the creatures that are looking for the book, including Peter Knox. And then he says, I hope he doesn't know about that dark magic because Peter's all into that dark magic. And I'm just like, yeah. And he, you kept know, saying Peter knows. Arts. Yeah. Dark arts. Yeah. He's into that dark arts. You know, that's what he's there for. So yeah, and I, I love the fact that in there, when they're talking about, we got the whole little rundown in a nice little package about the missing pages and how she, th- so, well, maybe, maybe Rabbi Lowe sent it to the Jewish witches and how right. they kind of like, tied that all up in a neat little box and then Matthew made the really critical point about the fact that all the DNA contained in the the book itself is really really important it's not just the magic right which I liked I thought that was like a nice tie-in with magic and science yeah yeah but I guess the conclusion is that book's not going back with them so fight back and forth and da 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 yeah all right, so back in the present, we join Peter and Gerber talking about their next moves and priorities. Once again, nobody cares about the demon page. No. <laughs> no one ever cares about the demon page. <laughs> no, they bring up Margaret and placing her with witches and then... 
the three missing pages. Gerbert goes on to say that Isabeau knows something about this. Peter thinks Diana's aunts have a page. He's not wrong. Okay. Yeah. Gerbert has reason to believe that they are sheltered at Septour. And Gerbert is like, it'll take a powerful witch to get close. And Peter's like, I'm not your hunting dog. And Gerbert says, fetch. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, I kind of liked it at first. The, the way Gerbert said it would take a powerful witch, it was kind of like, not you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, there was some shade. There was a, like a, a layer of shade on that comment that I just yeah, loved. it's going to take a powerful witch, and I think we all know who that powerful witch is. Yeah, mm. <laughs> she's on her way back from Finland. Yeah, we were school. <laughs> we were school. <laughs> we haven't seen Gerber in this particular cassock style. No, coat, have we? Mm, this blood red no. crimson. I loved uh, it. I thought that was last season. Maybe I thought he had the socks. I don't know if he had the. I thought he had a. There was. I think the he wore the crimson cassock one other time one of the scenes he had at the villa with the palazzo with Julia okay maybe I'm glad it's back whatever whenever he wore it last yeah and then he had like a charcoal one too that he wears a lot yes that's the one I'm thinking of kind of made me think of what Stephen should be wearing right now oh his newer jacket (laughs) yeah this newer jacket <laughs> oh, never mind. I'll let that go. Okay. Well, I know that I did notice that because I thought, oh, that hat is like perfect for that time, and I'm like, he's yeah. he's perfectly dressed for this time. Yep. All right. So back in the past, huh. Diana's putting Ashmole 782 back in the floorboards. Then we flash to Stephen lecturing them on the time they spent back in the past. By the way, and we just brought this up. How was she supposed to know about the rules of the Time Walker? Nobody left that shit for her. He's just beating that horse dead. Damn. Steven. God. Hmm. <laughs> he's being worse than Sarah, if you think about it. You know, for all of the, oh, ho, ho, yeah, working with Sarah, she's so hard-headed. He's acting worse than she is at this point because yeah. Sarah has the excuse of not understanding Diana's magic. He does, and he's just being pissy. But I feel like he needed to be, even though no one taught Diana, she's doing this, you know, on the fly. He's got to be adamant with her. Otherwise, she would she would take the book. She would stay there longer. She would, you know, it's she like he's creating leave. some urgency. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's not true. listening. Matthew's like, we got to go. And she's like, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Well, right. well, I got to do that last night. Well, I could totally stay here. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's she's totally being the ostrich again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the end, Stephen tells them the book stays. No time walking with a book. Mm-hmm. And they've messed with history. I mean, it's done. We all said it. Yep. We know. Diana didn't even listen to us, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, she never does. All right, now we're in the future. Back and forth, back and forth, mm-hmm. you guys. We're having a meal at Isabeau's table, which I enjoyed. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Very much. Everybody is there. Isabeau, Marcus, Phoebe, Miriam, Agatha, Sophie, Nathaniel. So I'm going to put a clip of this combo in there because there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. When Matthew and Diana come back, they're going to come for them too. The only way that everyone can be safe is if we repeal the covenant. I'm not sure you fully comprehend what you're suggesting. Philippe created the covenant centuries ago, and yeah, sure, no doubt, there was a reason for it then. The world has changed. Those same rules that were keeping us safe are now pulling us apart. Marcus is right. Humans may be destructive, but at least they're inventive. They change their minds. What does the covenant actually stand for today? Segregation? Discrimination? We need to evolve if we want to survive. Hasn't the change already started? I mean, look at this table. Four species dining together from what Marcus has told me. That's not something that happens very often. 
I know I'm new to all this and I don't mean to be rude, but it seems pretty obvious that the only way forward is together. So after that, the big takeaway, Marcus asks what the covenant stands for today. And it reminded me of our presentation. Yes. He said segregation and discrimination. That's what the congregation stands for. And I was like, oh, they listen to us. There you go. (laughs) Or we just got it right. (laughs) Or we got it right. Ding, one for us. We're all in tune together. Yes. And they need to evolve if they want to survive. I remember, Angela, you were saying evolution is the big thing in this season. Everybody Mm -hmm. keeps saying evolve, evolve. Phoebe's like, hey, yeah, new girl here. Mm, No big deal. But she's like, the only way forward is together. Yay. And Isabeau seems rather impressed with young Phoebe. She's like, okay. I don't know if the viewers would be like, would Phoebe really do that as of having a 14-year-old daughter? Yes, they really would do that. Like speak up in front of the whole table and give their opinion. (laughs) Yes. Angela can vouch for that. She's like, yeah, guys, so, you know, the only way forward is together. So the next scene, Phoebe, okay, verify this for me. Was she in that forbidden area that Isabel had just told Sarah, this is forbidden, you can't be here? Yes. Everybody's walking in and out of that. uh, Knights of Lazarus War Room slash Philippe's old office as opposed to his season one office. Yeah. Yeah. There's some sort of draw to it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to forgive Isabeau because she's had a change of heart ever since she received that letter from Philippe and she's just good now. So whatever. Phoebe, she says, you have a beautiful home. I've been dying to snoop around. (laughs) (laughs) She's a good snooper. We verified that. She's honest. That's for sure. And Isabeau just says, snoop away. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's great. Wait, Lindsay Duncan, though, She's not one dimensional in her cold veneer. That's just how she has to portray Mm -hmm. Isabel. But now I finally see a different warmth to her face, a smile. So my whole point is Lindsay Duncan is doing a fantastic job in the nuances. Yes. And what I love is how she is cementing how Phoebe fits in and lending a subtext of her behavior isn't offensive, that her behavior is welcome and accepted and kind of giving it a, a veneer of respectability to it. That, uh, yes. I'll talk about more in the spoiler zone. Yeah. So Marcus joins them and he's like, uh, is everything okay in here? Yeah. <laughs> you guys good? <laughs> Isabel says, I want to speak to my grandson. And they go ahead and talk about Philippe and how they miss him, how progressive he was. And Isabel is realizing this. She's, it's just like, she's always she had adapting. That, there we go with the other yeah. one. I feel like she's had all that anger and grief before, mm-hmm. but now she's just, Look, sadness brings resolve. Pain becomes action. So she's like, I need to act. I feel like her turning point was that letter. You're right. You're totally right. She wanted to stay in the past because that's where she felt her happiness was. And now that she got the letter from Philippe, she's ready to move forward, adapt Mm -hmm. and evolve. And do her thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, in that moment, she's like telling Marcus, she's all in. Do your worst, boy. (laughs) Do what you need to do. Meanwhile, in 1591, we're back in the past. Matthew's in the attic sorting through papers and books. And Galglass joins him. Galglass. My days as Matthew Royden in London are coming to an end. Diana and I are returning to our own time. There are a few loose ends to tie up, I'm afraid. But you will get the old me back. 
truth. I prefer the future you. Matthew's days as Matthew Royden are coming to an end. So that requires some instructions to Galaglass, mm-hmm. tie up loose ends, etc. I'm just kind of neutral with the whole Galaglass thing. But I really mm-hmm. loved, she said, yeah, and you'll get the old me back. And he goes, I kind of prefer the future you. Yeah. I mean, he delivered that line so well. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is just a really nice beat, a nice emotional beat for them. I think Stephen Cree as Galaglass was a good choice. I actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, yeah. and I, with every episode, and the pinnacles this episode, obviously the last one, but I've warmed up to, um, I'm not like, oh, Team Gallo Glass, or, but I like it. I think it was a great fit. Yeah. Yes. I, and I think he plays the uncle nephew relationship well. Yes. He's very avuncular here. That's the Gallo Glass I'm looking yeah. for. You know, yeah, that's, a wing, that's a wingman Gallo Glass I really liked in Shadow yes. of Night when we first read it. So meanwhile, Diana and Stephen are walking and Stephen says she has an opportunity to study magic with one of England's greatest witches. And she can't waste it. Well, I yeah. didn't think she was wasting it, Stephen. But okay, well, you know, he, he, he makes a really <laughs> pertinent point, though. Here he goes: the la- your lack of ability is never going to be a problem. And then he says something about now a lack of desire. Yes, yes, yes. It's like, yeah, I'd rather stay here where it's nice and comfy. Thank yep, you. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the ostrich again. He even sees her being yeah. an ostrich. Yeah. I mean, this is a frail comparison, but it's like I don't want to go to bed on Sunday nights sometimes because that means I have to wake up and go to work on Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's a relatable uh, analogy, though. (laughs) And that's how Diana is. Once she completes her training, she knows she has to go and face who she is. I also noted here, Diana says it's hard to learn, as you know. And Stephen's like, nah, self-taught. I didn't do the formal not thing. And I was thinking to myself, boy, he would have loved YouTube. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's like tutorial. It would have yeah. been uh, Snapchat because the videos would have disappeared after, <laughs> after you saw it. <laughs> as soon as you figured it out. Yep. <laughs> and then, like Jean said, they had the convo about Diana's fear of the ninth knot. Once she learns it, she'll have to go. And that's what she's kind of mm-hmm. scared of facing. Anyway, they make it to Goody's. And Goody says, you found the weaver. Goody, you could have told me in the first place, dude. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're doing the lesson on the ninth knot. And Stephen tells her to stop trying so hard. You're not lassoing a bull. And we watch as she's doing it. She's actually yeah. doing this, you know. It was a nice lighthearted moment. Yes. Right. And then Matthew's upstairs observing. And when did he get there? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> it's almost like Matthew Good stumbled onto the set, like, just stay. Shh. Shh. Just it's a nice shot. We got a nice shot of you, you here. Just stay well, right we'll there. keep you here. Right. <laughs> I was like, really? Because it was just Stephen and Diane. Okay. I guess Matthew's there. <laughs> no, I did well, see I think- it as a quid pro quo because Diana got to observe Philippe and, and Matthew. And I thought, okay, it always has to be equilibrium. Balance. And I guess the Libra in me is supposed to love that. So yeah. he can stay. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have permission to stay, Matthew. Yes. Angela says so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she did it. She created the ninth knot. And look, I've always loved Stephen, but man, he's Debbie Downer, dude. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just like some witches would kill for that power. And it's like, whoa, you just brought the mood down. I just made the ninth (laughs) knot, man. I'm like, what? (laughs) Okay. Anyway, let's go to the clip because the dread music adds to the whole experience as far as the Debbie Downer. Some witches would kill for that kind of power. What did I say? 
Diana, speak your truth. It serves no purpose to withhold it. I will say my good nights. There's so much I want to tell you. I'm terrified of changing anything, and yet I'm desperate to change everything. Nothing can keep your mom and me from our fate, Diana. We haven't seen what's to come. We know our time with you is short. with it, honey. It's part of a whole tapestry. Like your child to come. I, I wanted to tell you. Your mom saw it. Congratulations. A child is a precious gift. I should know. It's time I uh, took a stroll. You're everything we dreamed you'd one day become. After that, I got the sads by Stephen when they're hugging goodbye. Oh, yeah. Terrible. It was very melancholy. I'm yeah. glad that he admitted that he knew of his demise and he knew it was coming and he couldn't prevent it. And I thought he could have really given some words of advice to Philippe in this in this series. Right. <laughs> and he acknowledges the baby and how Rebecca saw it mm. and uh, how the baby's going to add so much joy to their lives. He's like, and I know because mm, you and uh, sad. Yeah. It's just sad. Even though he was Debbie Downer, Stephen, I was sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That may be more uh, sad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see the fun, Steven. Okay, let me stop. Let me Benu. Stop. <laughs> Back in the attic. Back in the attic. <laughs> They're talking about the sadness of leaving old lives behind because Matthew's a vampire. He's had to pack up and leave old lives behind, mm-hmm. old friends. And then the subject of Jack comes up. Who will watch out for him? What will become of him? Then we flash to a new scene. And Diana is headed out to, quote-unquote, say goodbye to the coven. Yeah. And she tells Galaglass not to worry. And Susanna will bring her home. Okay, shoo, so shoo. That, after all that shit with Kit and right. Louisa, yeah. <laughs> Glass should have known better, but okay, I just think that was too easy right there. Or maybe I'm naturally suspicious, but oh, that was too easy. It's like, come on, Galaglass, she was just snatched up. and Yeah, I mean, it's like she's so good at outsmarting everyone. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe Gal Glass is just indulgent. It's like, yeah, okay. Go sure, ahead. whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I have to allow it just to move the story forward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because I was surprised. It was a great surprise. Yeah. So anyway, she goes to meet Hubbard. And what did you guys think about the scene? This is an unusual request. No one will suspect us meeting here. I need to talk about Jack. We're leaving London. I need your help. I've seen how you protect your own. He is not my child. Nor you. If I were, would you honor my request about Jack? 
you offer me your blood? I will give you my blood. But in a way, Matthew will not pick up your scent. He cannot know about our pact. I will open a vein and let a single drop fall into your mouth. I accept your turn. Hubbard's down for it. He accepts her terms and he gets a drop of her blood and a bunch of info. It was a big surprise, I'll tell you that, and I'll save the rest for later. Okay. The blood mm-hmm. for babysitting exchange was kind of interesting. Yeah, he got a lot of information there. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he bids her farewell and says, goodbye, Diana Bishop. He knows who she really is. And she did a little gulp at that. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, shit. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> goodbye. You know, she was she was like pretty blase about the whole thing. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> We're all good. Okay. So at Goody's, Susanna and Goody, I mean, so I guess the final destination was back to Goody, but she made a pit stop on the way to see Hubbard. So now they're at Goody's. And that's the whole thing. If she made the pit stop, if it was supposed to be to say goodbye to the coven, was did she just move on from there without Galaglass going through the city or did he wait for her outside? I mean, it was kind of a weird transition, but anyways. None of that. He was just, okay then. Later. <laughs> you know? So I, I thought he was a little blase about yeah. that, but okay. So Goody asked her if she's made peace with her decision to go back. And then there was the 10th knot, she, which she threw out there. She's like, there's another knot, by the way, yeah. that Goody teaches her. She can't do herself. Hey, what's that saying? If you can't do it, teach it. You're right. (laughs) So she did it. Anyway, she tells Diana to remember the 10th knot, which tells the viewers to stick a pin in there. Yeah. Okay. Pin stuck. I've definitely stuck a pin in it. So they say their goodbyes and she gives Susanna the chess piece directly. Yes. Yes. Just here's the chess piece. I like that. Me too. It worked. (laughs) And we'll talk about that in the spoilers. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Where are we traveling? Oh, we're back in the present. Here we go. Now we're in the present. Satu enters Peter's office and Peter is telling Satu about his planned raid on Septur. And by the way, he's really salty that Satu has been away learning about how to be a weaver. Not that Peter knows that, but he knows she's been away. So Satu offers her help and tells him she would be a powerful ally. Peter says, this is a job for a spellcaster. I won't be needing your pyrotechnics. Yeah, that was kind of like a big fuck off right there. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm Team Satu in this moment right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. She offered, you fucker. So whatever you get, you deserve. He's that guy in every meeting that will parrot. If you put out an idea to the group, he's going to be the one that parrots what you just said and act like it's his idea. And take credit. credit. Mm -hmm. That is so Peter Knox. Peter Knox is that guy. He wants the glory for this. He wants, he doesn't need her flashbangs or whatever she's about to do. Something else, something he can't do, by the way. But yeah, thank you. And he doesn't know that she's been to Weaver School back home. So whatever. Satu's like, your confidence will be your downfall. And I agree. I love that she got that dig in. She deserved it. I agree. So Satu, if you want to come over to the good side, you're welcome. Come on, bring it over. (laughs) Back in the past, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Father Hubbard heads out and well, 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 he's confronted by Benjamin. Yes. Okay. Hair fuchs in his info dump. (laughs) Benjamin wants to know about the witch he met. Hubbard said, she's in my flock. I can't tell you. Basically, that's unethical. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. the confessional and all that shit. Yeah. And uh, Benjamin gets in his face. That's no way to speak to your sire. Dun, dun, and we're like, dun. oh, whoa. Okay. Sire. Boop, 
Oops. All right. Now tell me about Matthew's witch. And I'm like, okay. Like, oh, well, shit. Um, I mean, he can still lie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll move on. We'll touch that later. We're in the present day and this house looks like Matthew's. We verified that before we started that this is Matthew's house from season one. The one with the peacock in front of it, just as a reminder to the audience. Yeah. We see someone sneak in and another person is just sitting there. And then we realize it's Domenico sitting there and there's this hooded guy snooping around, right? Domenico says, I know you took the portraits. He also knows that he's been killing humans. This has something to do with Diana and Matthew. And Domenico's like, show me who you are. And the vampire doesn't like that. He goes to town on Domenico. And uh, luckily, Domenico's a vampire and heals quickly because he was like all over him, you know, just like how he killed the other people. But Domenico's like, okay, let me take a deep breath. This will fix itself. Yeah, I was going to say, that was that whole scene was great. But I have to also laugh at this, t- the staging because it made me think of like any 10 or 12 uh, alpha romances I've read. Because all I kept thinking of is he's sitting there in the dark. And I'm like, man, this is something out of a Kristen Ashley book. <laughs> it's Hawk sitting in the dark. <laughs> right. So my mind kind of trailed off elsewhere for a moment or two. <laughs> I mean, Domenico's just waiting for him. Like, wow, like, well, like Hawk sitting in the dark. That's not a bad analogy because he was a mercenary and Domenico kind of acts like a mercenary. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. yeah. And he did, he was looking all sexy and dark and hot and alpha-ish sitting there too. So there is that. (laughs) You did bring up a good point though, Value. Like, why Matthew's house? Why there? How did Domenico know? I mean, maybe it's something to be revealed in season three. I don't know, but. Yeah. Domenico's not We dumb. have all the whys right now. I, I think yeah. we've got, I think that raises a good question, but I think it, just the fact that he's doing, that that happened, it's not just expedience. It's kind of a way of letting the visitor know that, you know, everybody thinks he's just like this smarmy scammer, but he's fucking smart. Right. Oh, he's yeah. like, shrewd. I mean, he's very shrewd. And it, despite everyone, the way he's being treated by other characters, he's always a step ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And all that info is going to be up for sale soon because he's just like, wow. I wonder if he has his own auction app. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That'd be convenient for him. Oh, yeah. Well, and my other note on this is this vampire clearly does not know how to kill another vampire like Juliet did. No. Right. Because he just kind of fucks them all up and it would fuck a human up. <laughs> He's all Edward Scissorhands, like <laughs> cutting a shrub. <laughs> but on the other hand, too, did he want to just, was he, was this vampire thinking about Killing him or just getting away? I mean, because that's kind of like the the, right. fight or, the fight or flight. Because yeah. it was almost like the flight impulse overcame the fight impulse with this particular vampire, which may be yeah. a difference so, in the way his blood rage works and Matthews did. Because Matthews always seemed like the fight impulse overrode everything. Yeah. And also, Matthew had training by Philippe. Mm-hmm. True, he was trained to be assassin, so Matthew knew how to channel his blood rage mm-hmm. directly into the assassin mode. Back to my first point, it's like, he's obviously had no training. He just knows to maul and yeah. make a mess. And But is, is this vampire lucid when he first starts? Okay, so he, let's say he's presumably there to snoop. Is he lucid enough to go, hey, I want to go snoop at Matthew's house? And then all of a sudden, he, it turns on instantly when he has that fight or flight moment? Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm curious. I almost think the whole thing, yeah. the whole thing with the, the miniatures is kind of 
kind of primal. And the, the other question yeah. becomes, did the vampire steal the miniatures and hide them in Matthew's house and he's going back to get them? Or did he steal the miniatures and then figure out this, that Matthew, this is Matthew's house and maybe Matthew's here? Yeah. Or maybe this is where the miniatures belong. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to put it back home. You set up for next season, definitely. Yeah, this is getting good. Yeah. We're, we're creating some. <laughs> we're creating some, some sense, here. sense and some yeah. scenarios here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So put a pin in that for next season, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like we're going to have those. Oh, I get oh, it. There we <laughs> go. Yeah. All right, back to 1591. Diana and Matthew are getting ready to time walk tonight. Yeah. Uh, she puts Galaglass in charge of Ashmole 782. Then she says goodbye to Galaglass. And then Matthew and Galaglass say their goodbyes. And Mimi, I know a little too much because I was looking for the look on Galaglass's face. And the look was there in spades. It was I'm there. Like, Damn, we're going to go down now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he played it well. He did. He and did. And Matthew played it uh, well, too. Because yeah. he had the, the corresponding look on his face, which we'll talk about <laughs> later. He's like, dude, all right, watching you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back at Heart and Crown, we're saying goodbye to Pierre, Pierre. and Francoise. Aww. Aww. And then Jack. Oh, my God. Wait, just one more Pierre, because he's like, I wish you well. And she's like, yeah, you too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what? <laughs> more than that. Yeah. Why is Francoise too? Damn it. She should have hugged them. I think a hug was in order right there. Mm-hmm. Or we should have seen it. Maybe she did do yeah. it and it was off camera. I- I'll think it's it's that. But we should have seen it. We need closure with these two people. Yeah. Yes. These true blue. That's yes. right. <laughs> Loyal. And our yeah. That's why we play the French music. We love him. <laughs> anyway. All right, we, I thank you for giving me the sufficient tribute to Pierre that I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we good now? Yes. yes. We're good. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the present, a car pulls up, big Chevy SUV. And of course, it's Peter driving this asshole mobile. Of course. And let me explain this because when I was in England, there were people that would purchase these large rather large American SUVs and a lot of Europeans as well as Brits thought these were asshole mobiles. And I don't blame them because they take up a lot of space. Uh, They hog up the road and if you know, the roads are 12 inches narrower than they are in the United States. So that's a passenger side mirror if you're not paying attention. So yeah, he pulls up in one of those. There's a whole bunch of compensating going on there. Yeah, that's it. He made it to Septour, and we know because he's outside creeping around the woods and he sees, you know, Temple. Temple. And then Domenico's music comes on. He's got a specific theme. He's there. I said meeting someone, but Angela, you might have steered my course differently. Benjamin? Was that Benjamin in here? He was Skulkin. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, cause was Benjamin waiting to trap Domenico? Or? Well, don't forget that was the Randolph Hotel. Yes. Maybe that's, yeah. where, maybe that's where Domenico was staying, is what I yeah. was thinking. Oh. I'm, that's what I'm thinking, too. Okay. Yikes. That combo, I don't like. Benjamin and Domenico, I don't like that. No, anyway. no. 
no. Talk so, about setting pin, something up there. Um, pinning that till next yeah. season anyway. Oh, can I say one more thing? Modern sure, day Benji is very handsome, which is a yeah. bad thing. He was very handsome back then, too. Yeah, but I mean... Minus all he, the, the hat and the yeah, feathers. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, saying... Yeah, yeah. Just, he cleans up into modern very yes, nice. Yes, because some people okay. can do period well and not do modern well. He can do both well. I'll tell you, who did not flash back into period well? Steven. No, yeah. I'm just saying. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like um, Sam Hewen and, and Outlander. He does not do modern well. He's definitely period only. Period. Yeah. I wonder okay. if I would have accepted Steven had he not had those distinctive glasses in season one. Because then he had no glasses. And I understand why, because you yeah. can't in you know 1590. Yeah. But it just seemed like such a jarring difference. It's like, is this the same guy? The no, glasses, <laughs> the no glasses and the hat made him look, look so meek and mild. Whereas yeah, that's, instead yes. of professorial and kind of in command with the no hat and the, and the horn room glasses. Yes, yeah. that's a good way to it, describe it's like it. I agree. The, the change in costume took his authority away in a way. Mm-hmm. Made him very meek and mild, mm-hmm. for sure. The, the hat, for sure. It's kind of limp. I mean, it's yeah. just... Even his hat was limp. <laughs> he should have given him Matthew's hat that he had. Yes. Yeah, the jaunty, a jaunty hat. little stylish one, yeah. We're going to flash to Peter. He's made it to the ancient temple. And he's playing with his ball. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah, his stupid fucking ball. He's drawing power out of the temple to wake those connected and bring them to the temple. Who's connected? That'd be our crackhead, Emily, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> I, 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 this is probably about as the best point in time to digress about that ball. I swear to God, the females writer room the first year when they came up with that, it wasn't just a matter of saying, hey, this is his little visual connection to Scotland. This is, That was a whole, like, throw a bunch of underground shade on him because it's like all of his, all of his power is connected to playing with his ball. <laughs> Instead of giving him an extra long magic wand, they, yeah, they gave him him a ball. They didn't even give him two balls. They gave him a ball. It yeah. says a lot um, about Peter Knox right there. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Back in Crackhead Emily's, I keep calling her a crackhead, but she's, she's addicted she's to, to, to higher thing. magic. I mean, she's addicted. So she's there we go. solution oriented. She's driven for a solution. <laughs> that's a good, you're being a good advocate That's a, that's there. a, that's a nice Angela. labor spin on it. <laughs> Angela would always be a good advocate for someone. Yes. I'm telling you. Anyway, Emily's off. She heard the call. She's like putting on her slippers. She's out of there, right? Yeah. Me? Meanwhile, Margaret is restless. She's waking up the whole chateau. I have to wonder if that was Peter throwing out his magical net to draw someone to the temple. temple. And he's, right. he kind of screwed up because he underestimated who all was connected, connected to it somehow. because it seemed like, you know, the baby's awake and then... Marcus is awake, even though I said, well, it was just the door. It's like, hell, you didn't hear Phoebe snooping around. How are you going to hear the door? So it made me think it was maybe the magic. Well, and Margaret, I mean, she could be a very powerful witch. You know, that's why I thought she woke up because she said all the the disturbance in the force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Emily heard Margaret, but never mind that. She's got a temple to get to. She was beating (laughs) feet out out the door. The higher magic was calling her, so she couldn't be bothered. Sarah heard that Margaret was 
was in distress and she noticed that Emily is gone. So stay tuned there. Yeah. Uh, Marcus is up anyway because he's a vampire. And Sophie and Nathaniel, of course, they're up because they're babies in distress. Sarah comes down and she's talking to the group. She's like, hey, where's Em? Where is yeah. she? Hmm. I'll tell you where M is. Yeah. M is <laughs> M is conjuring up Rebecca, Sarah. That's yeah. what's happening. And Rebecca's having a good time of it this time because mm-hmm. she's having an actual conversation with Emily. Rebecca's like, girl, when this book is complete, it's going to change everything. Mm-hmm. And she's right? like, I can't help you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help with that. But I'm just letting you know, Peter, with his stupid crush on Rebecca, kind of foils his whole plan. Yeah. He's all like, Rebecca. <laughs> I <know. laughs> but I don't know if she's like just that illuminating. Because I mean, Sarah did the same thing because of the sisterly love. But it's like everyone is drawn to her still, even in the afterlife. Yeah. Right. It's like, come back, Rebecca. Rebecca, don't go. No. You know? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. hey, he wants to page. Make it disappear. Zap. Right. And so he starts approaching them. And M's asking, where are the other pages? And Rebecca's like, uh, you're in danger, girl. With yeah. Milford style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're in danger. Cause she's, Rebecca's looking over Emily's shoulder and she's like, oh shit. Oh, not that yeah, asshole. Yeah, you're yeah, in danger. Here comes Mr. One Ball again. <laughs> Oh, could you imagine having that incel stalking you around at witch school? Oh, my God. No. Ew. <laughs> well, and hopefully Peter stays alive so he can't stalk her on the other side either. Oh, that oh, would suck. God. Be like, I can't just get rid of you. Right. No. <laughs> really? For eternity? What did I do to deserve this? Right. <laughs> she disappears. But you can hear her say in the background, he wants the page. And so Emily grabs it real quick and disappears it. Then Peter grabs her head and says, give me the page. And like Champier with Diana, yeah. this is something I noted. He goes in for the scary shit. Mm-hmm. And Emily does not have a Philippe standing by or anything. She's out there by herself. Peter starts doing his worst with a Petrosphere. Mm. Petrosphere, a.k.a. ball, yeah. guys. He's his ball. still fucking with that damn ball. So we're back with the group and somebody runs in. I forgot who it was. They're like, yeah, Emily's left. And Sarah's like, OK, I know where she's at. And <laughs> she like Scooby-Doo. Out. I know. And then, and then all of a sudden, Isabel's popping up and it's like, watch the baby. And Marcus is running, yeah. out, running out the door, too. This was just kind of a, just adrenaline rush of events mm-hmm. right here. Yes. Peter's turned Emily's lights out. Marcus shows up, confronts Peter. And here comes the ball again. Peter's like, yeah. You know, and the point Marcus was making is like, how dare you show up on my territory? And I'm like, go, Marcus. Yeah, and I then, got excited. Yeah. Like, he's going to do something. Watch this. Right. And then Peter's like, yeah, sleep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, really? oh, no. <laughs> and then Sarah shows up. And this is the part that kind of confused me because as soon as he heard Sarah, he's like, yeah, I got to go. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Uh, and my question is, how do they get in and out of the thick of these woods? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. Jim, and Peter, <laughs> Matthew, and oh Diana had God. to take horses. Yeah, Peter just sort of drives on up. What? <laughs> I don't see taking that big SUV through the woods. No, <laughs> no. Those woods were woodier than the woods up by Satu's uh, cabin on the lake. Home, right? Yeah. And I was like, uh, would he pull a Harry Potter and take that little car into the woods? Yeah. Or, but, <laughs> that SUV doesn't have the same Yeah, and there wasn't effect, like a brush though. grill on it either, so it wasn't necessarily equipped no. to be doing that. Uh, 
So Peter runs away like little fucking shocker there. Asshole. And then Marcus is knocked out and Em is done for. I mean, there's no doubt in my head she's gone. Mm. There we go. So back with Diana and Matthew. Diana says, thanks for sharing Matthew Royden with me. And Matthew says, essentially, thanks for letting me be a husband and father. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. The endings and beginning speech. We got yes. that. That was good. They're getting ready to time walk, which we don't get to see. No, we get to close. It was like the fade to gray, shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which made, again, another kind of romance genre image. I think the producers wanted us to stick pins in a bunch of mm-hmm. things. So yes. they flash us to Sarah and M and how devastated Sarah is. He, she's trying to revive Emily and Emily's gone. We flash to Mark. He's knocked the fuck out. Sorry. It yeah. looks bad for him. Flash to Agatha and Margaret. And Agatha's just trying to soothe Margaret. And she's just standing there. And you see Nathaniel and Sophie in the background. And then flash to Isabel. Oh, I love this shot. This was seal. my favorite mm-hmm. shot. Because it's like she's a general. Yes. And the look on her face says, all right. Here we go. Yes. It was just final. The Echo and the Bunnyman song. Oof. And the the, oh, the version's great. And then the, the talk about picking a song as yeah. foreshadowing. Because <sighs> season three is like, yes, Diana is an instrument of the goddess of the moon. And there's going to be some killing going on. Yeah. As Philippe warned. Yep. Right. I have questions. But that's all going to get saved for the spoiler zone. So this is a good cue to you, audience. If you don't want book spoilers, and now's a good time to turn off the episode. Jean will say goodbye to you. Go ahead. Goodbye, everybody. Demon kiss till next season. And we'll talk to you all next season. Or maybe you want to stick around and pick up with our chapter. Yeah, I don't know. We might have some fun. Something to do. Something yeah. to do. I'll put our chapter reviews in the show notes. So for when you guys are ready, you can go ahead and follow along with us. We go through Discovery Witches, all of Shadow of Night, and we're working our way through. Yeah, we're 11 chapters deep into the Book of Life currently. So here's that. We had fun with you. Bye, guys. And so for the rest of you, (laughs) we need to talk. (laughs) We all have questions. We have things to say. So stick with us after the break and we will go into the spoiler zone. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demonsdiscuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Demons Discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive, and we need her around, okay? Keep it. 
Who wants to go first? I realize I there's a lot here, yeah. so I realize it's gonna be a long episode. I got <laughs> I got a little one like right from the beginning of the episode. It's kind of more of a an egg, I think, for readers. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were cutting back and forth between the weaving lessons and the astronomy lessons with Jack, to me it felt kind of like a hat tip to Tom Harriet, even though we didn't get his character in season two. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. And when she was talking about stargazing and Elizabeth in London as magic when they were all looking up at the sky it kind of yes. almost it, felt, yeah. it gave me the feel of the date night at the royal exchange that we missed out on yes yes, yes. for sure so mm-hmm. I, I think we got those two little easter eggs from the writing room there which was very very nice yeah. yeah, I was trying to make a connection flipping between those two scenes because she's weaving and then Matthew's being a father. And I'm like, in the books, they called it a special weaving. So having children. So I was like, is that what that is? Is that what that's supposed to be running in the background? Because that was just you so odd was, to me to go was, back and forth. There was something going yeah. on. And I, I mean, my interpretation may be just totally off, but it's like, why all of a sudden is astronomy in this? <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Sheen, that you want to bring up? Where do we start? Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much. I know, there's so much. I mean, so I, much. I liked it the second time around, but I liked it even more now that we kind of talked about we, it. We, yeah, we yeah, started, we talked through started it. Wa- yeah. working through it all. I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on. I mean, I love the way Lindsay Duncan was so subtle. I think a lot of this was like preemptive because yes. they knew that there was a lot of Phoebe haters out there. Yeah. And they came, I mean, they came right out and addressed it and they show and and Lindsay Duncan was so subtle, but she sold it so well that it's like, yeah, we're accepting Phoebe and this is why. Kind of like, don't even start with the whole Phoebe's uppity and da 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 da, which really doesn't play well with her being a woman of color, but that's the attitude that was exhibited towards her. And I wrote down about the Phoebe and Isabel connection. And I think I said to you guys early in this episode, Phoebe said everything Philippe espoused and believed mm-hmm. in. Yes. And that's what she said to Isabel. And I think Isabel getting that letter of closure changed her enough to be that kind of accepting. Yes. Like she is a gift to us. So I need to accept this gift to us. Mm-hmm. And appreciate it and embrace it. And it's Mm -hmm. obvious Marcus loves her. Yes. So who am I to step in the way of that? Right. Versus Diana, there's a whole lot of brewing anger still there about witches. She associated Philippe's death with witches. So there was the direct connection. Direct connection there. And it's just like there was a lot of resistance to Diana for those reasons. But her acceptance of Phoebe is for different reasons. Phoebe said at that dinner table, everything Philippe would have probably said. She did it respectfully yes. instead of just barreling in like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Yuzabo is starting a clean slate and I feel like she yeah. looks at Phoebe as a clean slate. Yes. Mm-hmm. And new world. Yeah. And I th- I think the fact that she found Phoebe in Philippe's office to kind of like one of those little signs. Yeah. Like, and, mm-hmm. and the fact that she didn't react badly to it, kind of almost an intuitive, wait a minute. And then they continue on with the conversation about, I'm more scared of the fact that, he, or wait, uh, it, it's humans' propensity for discrimination. And, yeah, um, it scares yeah, me yeah. more than 
being in a chateau full of vampires and witches. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that was just like the light bulb moment for Isabel. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. She's she's got the bigger picture yeah. in her head right now. Yes. And she's got her head on straight and mm-hmm. she's probably what this family needs. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what Isabel's looking for. What does this family need? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know? kind of like Philippe in a way. It's like, what job are you going to fill? Yeah. Like when Philippe drafted Diana, he's like, yeah, I got to, <laughs> I, I got to get her quick. I <laughs> I think yeah. that in season three, we're going to see much more of Isabel being the general, more so yeah. than what we did in the books. I think they're going to really flesh out that role. And I almost wonder if whether we're going to get very much of Baldwin at all. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And for the first time, though, it seems like for an ancient vampire, let's not have secrets. You know, Phoebe said, let, the only way we're going to get through this is together. And then later on, she says, I, I couldn't wait to snoop. And Isabel says, snoop away. And it just seems like I'm going to try a different approach Yeah, if we're all going to be yeah. in this together. Yeah, because, you know, that other shit wasn't working. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. So my point is that Benjamin being Hubbard's father slash sire is out. So we don't have to go through that later. That, that, they brought that up. And then the other thing that kind of really made me raise an eyebrow is that how many of Diana's secrets that she revealed, because all the only clue that she gave him, she didn't freeze the blood drop. And I mean, all right. she had revealed yeah. to him was her name. But now right. he knows all this other stuff. And you've got Benji going, hey. And how sure are we and how confident are we that Hubbard kept the secret? We're not. Right. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not either. I'm not either. And I'm a Hubbard fan. But maybe... Like the books where goodies like the spirit of the law versus the word of the mm-hmm. law. Yeah. So maybe Hubbard has finagled something in his head where let's follow the spirit of the law. <laughs> or you know, yeah. maybe he did a he did a Baldwin. Like Baldwin's like, here, I got this kid. Go after that. Yeah. Well, I go over <laughs> yeah. here and do this. You know. Here, yeah. <laughs> so hmm, still shaky about that. Or maybe he said that's when he gave up Jack. He said, you know, here's Jack and that'll distract him because Jack's not going to go beyond 1591. And then I'm surprised. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Oops. Yeah. And we're pretty sure that's Jack skulking around, right? I think I can reveal that here. I think we revealed it in other spoiler zones that we're pretty sure that's Jack. It's no big surprise. So maybe he created that diversion thinking that would be of no consequence and Mm -hmm. tried to protect Diana and Matthew, but that didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) No, not that time. Yeah. Well, well, what what I thought was interesting, too, is the fact that Emily made the move to hide the page in magic. So now we're back to looking for all three pages. Oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Where the fuck is that yep. page? What did Emily yeah, do with what did it? did she send it to? And now she's dead. Ooh. We don't know. I know. Damn it, Emily. She created <laughs> more work. We've got less what episodes if it was like more a, work. <laughs> the subway window where you slide your money through the glass and she, she gave it to Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> and Rebecca's like, yeah, this is not going to help yeah. anybody, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me see here. Oh, I have a note here. Satu. Hey, Peter, you fucking asshole. She offered. Yeah. Asshole. I hope this means... She would have done a neater job. I hope that we... This means season three, Satu, we're going to get some more nuance. Yes. Yeah, I hope so. Because I'm really rooting for Satu. Yeah. Yeah. I want... I'm not rooting for Peter, but I want to like him. I want him to have some redeeming quality just because Owen Teal's doing a fantastic job, but it's just not meant to be. No. No, it's not (laughs) happening. I mean, there's things about Gerber I like mostly because he's just like so out there and bad daddy but it's like there's nothing remotely attractive 
about Peter. He's just kind of no redemption. Yeah, there for he's him. just no. sniveling and incelly. And I mean, at least with Gerbert, you've got a guy who has skills and power and and wields that power brutally yeah. but well. Except for that time when he skulked away from the castle when Matthew and Benjamin showed, or Matthew and uh, Baldwin, yeah, just living to fight another showed day. Up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was just prudence. I was like, and then I'm like, oh, Peter's version is so much worse because he hears Sarah and he's yeah. out of there, and I'm yeah. just like. But you're so willing to shoot down Marcus while he's defending his territory. Yeah. But maybe because she's another witch or maybe he didn't. You he's know, a weasel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, that's the difference between him and Jabir. Jabir not a weasel. He's a survivor. Yeah. Well, and he, he's also pretty <laughs> bold about most of what he's doing, too. Yeah, he probably feels like he can make a defense for himself for what he did to Marcus. But because he made the conventicle or the mm-hmm. uh, cabal. But if he hurt Sarah, that's a fellow witch. And she didn't do anything, supposedly. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Or even them. Oh, he, he's witches. Yeah, can't, well, he's, witches can't he's lie. in trouble. Witches can't lie to other witches. Don't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. So although was that a thing in this TV show? I think so. I think Seattle said something to that effect during the LaPierre scene. No. I have to okay. double check, but I'm pretty sure that may have come up last season. All right. And then another thing I have written down is the more straightforward path for the chess piece. Mm-hmm. Yes. Susanna first to Sophie via the family versus via Kit. Yeah. Which was always kind of like sidewindy. Yes. And I'm like, you know, and, and in the books. And I was like, how did that wind up back? Oh, Annie had yeah, it back. We don't, and we okay. don't have an Annie to do that. It just, it didn't even make, to me, I didn't love it in the books because then even if it, if Kit did decide to give it to Annie and Annie really didn't have a family and it's like, I don't know. There were too many points of potential failure. Yeah, that's right. But I just missed, I missed out on the, well, we didn't get any Shakespeare really, but I just missed out on the whole magpie bit. So yeah, that, that's what true. made me sad. But I mean, logically, just handing it off to, to Sarah makes more sense. And it also gives you a ghost of the whole, here's the earring to mm-hmm. Rebecca, da- was it Rebecca Davies? Rebecca, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she gives clear instructions, so there's no confusion. Yep. Hang on to this throughout your generations because I'm going to need this in the future. Period. Yeah. Any questions? No. No questions? <laughs> no We're good. questions. <laughs> so that brings us back to Sophie in season one saying, I have this and I was supposed to keep it. Keep it safe for the one who I, needs it. And you're the one who needs it. Here you go. So that just ties yes. us. That loose end. That's our tenth That knot is tied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that knot is tied. Yeah. Oh, uh, the gallow glass farewell. Oh yeah, let's 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 Slice you know, and talk about that. <laughs> they played it well. He played it very well. Although I, I will admit, I screamed at the heavens that I was very upset that they decided to go that yeah, route. With the limited amount of time we have, why are you introducing this triangle bullshit to eat up screen space? It's going to be dumb, and it doesn't really add anything to this close-ended story we have because we're not it's not like we're going on for more and more seasons it, it, it just it seems like a oh, waste yeah. of time but at least yeah. gives, I, I get that it gives the actor something sort of meaty to do and gives him something for his real i also think we're in the minority thinking i know here. they're pandering but whatever yeah <laughs> we're definitely in the minority we're not fans of the triangle in case any of you listeners were wondering the whole gallo glass diana matthew triangle we're not big fans of I'm it i'm not we fans thought- of any triangle i loathe <laughs> triangles that is my most hated trope so it's not just yes. a matter of it being gallo glass matthew and diana it's just somebody always yeah. loses out i hate it i feel like it could change because they were going to have more episodes for season three and they went to seven maybe that'll get cut out or, or really downplayed 
because they had to yeah. pivot. So yeah. Yeah, although, they, although they set it up here, but this was already done and dusted. Yeah. Yeah. And they set it up here. And if you're not in the know, then you wouldn't be paying attention. Exactly. For that. You could still I drop was looking it. looking for it. But I mean, what I'm saying is that we got the look on his face, which was just brilliant. Yeah. And then Matthew. But, and, but this would have already been filmed before yeah. oh, they yeah, even yeah. started. No, I'm just, I agree. I'm just saying yeah. that, that Stephen Curry and Matthew Good both played their roles and yeah. their oh, nonverbal yeah. acting in that scene was really yeah. good. As uh, much as I hate to yeah. say, Ugh, we set up the triangle. It was subtle. They set it up <laughs> subtly, but I was like, I railed to the heavens. I looked for it. If I weren't looking for it, I wouldn't have noticed it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was looking for it because that was such a point of contention for me in book yes. three. And I realize I'm in the minority book readers. I realize a lot of people like seeing Galgloss and pain and anguish over somebody he can't have. And for me, that's just like, I can't it, have it. It wasn't just here. They did it in, in episode five as well. When yeah. he left them on the beach and he kissed her hand and then she said what she said and then she walked away and he followed her. He like watched her walk away. Yeah. yeah. And then there was, uh, there was also, I think, a part in episode seven as well, just yeah. as they were going away, that he also gave her a look like, mm-hmm. oh. Well, and you know, and we're the wrong audience for it because we're like, we're watching you, Galaglass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the role of, Mi- of Miriam yeah, we was were very awesome. <laughs> Yeah, we're like, yeah, I'm watching you, fucker. Don't, yeah. <laughs> but that said, Stephen Cree did a really fine job as Galaglass. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And I feel like all of them did so well. Just that small scene, the guy playing Champier. Oh my gosh. So, yes. so, and it brought us, and they did a lot of mirroring in this season where it's like, you know, Sarah pulverizing the herbs, Diana pulverizing mm-hmm. the herbs. And then we get Champier pulling memories out and trying to get, and then you get Peter doing the same thing. And I think the difference is Emily fought back. Yeah. <laughs> and it probably took everything out of her. And that was in the books too, saying her fighting back probably triggered a heart yeah. attack. But Peter was the catalyst to all that. Right. Had Diana not encountered Matthew's knife or sword or dagger yeah what would have happened to her true i like to think philippe would have stopped it (laughs) (laughs) we'll never know i know i mean he did have the look on his face was like yeah i don't think i like this very much but uh, yeah i don't know as a modern Mm. woman it was really hard to watch yeah, I mean, it's oh obviously if I was a, not a modern woman, it'd be hard to watch. But just I don't know, just yeah. the violation mm-hmm. in your space, yes. in your head, in everything, and just and like, yeah, a man doing mm-hmm. that to a woman because he could the lack of consent. Yeah. yeah. All right, and that was on my list. Anything else? Does anybody have anything to uh, add to Did that? Did we sufficiently talk about Stephen? All that we no. didn't get from the book. Oh my god! No. <laughs> yeah, let's let's open yeah. that up. Let's open that can of worms. Stephen in the books was delightful oh. after the whole Hubbard and Kit thing in Bedlam, and he was a bright Stephen. Spot. He was a bright spot. Here he was just Debbie Downer, like, yeah. you can't do this, you can't do that. What fun are you, Stephen? Stephen liked to roller skate. <laughs> Stephen was partying with all the witches. Stephen told good jokes or bad dad jokes. Yeah. And he hung out with Galaglass. <laughs> That's right. He smoked, he hung out with Shakespeare, and he did the right thing and visited Hubbard. At yeah. first, because he knew he's supposed to. Yeah. And the chastising thing was just little, minimal. Yeah, and, the, and the big thing with him is he was trying to tell her to live a little, you know, don't don't hold mm-hmm. on to everything so tight. Go out on a date with your husband, for God's sake. I mean, the closest we got to that was you're not lassoing a bull. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, but you really have to make the stretch as a book reader to even yeah. <laughs> realize that. I mean, like, yeah, like 
you said, Val, he was totally Debbie Downer. And then the thing was, he's Debbie Downer. And then in the books, we have that whole scene where he just like goes off and parties and and leaves. And I know we all had our problems with the fact that he didn't say goodbye to her and how that was handled. Having seen him say goodbye to her, I'm better off with him not. (laughs) I take back everything I said. Because that was worse. <laughs> yeah. I get it was intentional, but he he didn't say goodbye. He was like, I got to take a stroll. I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, it was okay. just like, I guess that means you're time walking now? Okay, I get it. Yeah. How about say goodbye or yeah, something? Yeah, no Benu. We didn't get Benu in the bubbles and Cora. Yeah. I realized we didn't have the budget for it, but still. Yeah, but he could have demonstrated some of what he yeah. knows. And like, if they would have showed, like, have fun with your magic. You know, this is a gift that you have. Why don't you use it? Utilize it to your full ability. And that, and that whole speech he, he gave her about empathy, I wish I wish that would have made for it. For as in. many book quotes that we have gotten in previous episodes, I would have loved a direct book quote or two from Stephen. Yeah. Hmm. I know. Stephen was, Stephen was a lost opportunity. Sorry, David. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did well for what he was saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would have liked to see more fun, Stephen. Happy yeah. go lucky, Stephen. I mean, 70 Stephen. Oh, yeah. 70 Stephen. Yes. <laughs> Disco Stephen. <laughs> Laser suit Stephen. That guy. Where is he? I mean, we had such a good time of that in the chapter episode. Oh, yeah. But, you know, oh, well, it's fine. It's fine. So as book readers and as TV viewers, are we going, why did he choose 1590? Uh, Seemed unplanned. And here it's like, he's like, oh, well, I'm here to look look for the book. It's like, why 1590? I mean, I think we have to assume Rebecca saw it all and gave distinct directions. Here, go to June 4th, 1591. You'll find it at this address. (laughs) Yeah, I think think she wrote detailed instructions. (laughs) It's like, look here. This is what you got to do. Oh, and by the way, your daughter will be pregnant when you're there. Yeah. That's asking for a lot. <laughs> a man gave directions in the book where he's like, hang a left at the gas station. And oops, I ended up in 1590 instead of 1790. Right. <laughs> and then Rebecca gave the directions, a woman. Yeah. And they were very precise. Yeah. You're going to want to stop over here so, yeah. you know, Matthew can catch your scent. Don't go past the big rock. Yeah. Make sure you drink some coffee, though, before you leave. Yeah. So yeah. he picks it up. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stephen, I know. (laughs) And what did you think about them hammering and calling it the dark art? I know Um, that's like a a point of contention with that because she's she was always was making a very point about it being higher magic and that magic is is neutral. It's not good or evil. Right, right, right. The fact that the writers' room went down that road and tried to cast it good and evil. Well, and that's the thing with fantasy and a lot of the genre when they're writing about it. In general, pagans, witches, quote unquote, witches Mm -hmm. dealing in pagan religions, in general, power is power. Mm -hmm. Even in Satanism, yeah, power is power. It just depends on the intent of the person using it. That's where the good and evil comes in. Power is power. It can be pointed. So it's not. Oh, this is dark magic. This is light magic. No, it's power. It's just where are you directing it? Mm-hmm. For what purpose? Mm-hmm. And the good and evil lies in the the caster, not the magic itself. Right. So when they emphasize dark magic, and that's a trope that they love to put out. It's like dark and light. So you have Satu and you have Diana. You have the dark witch and you have the light witch. When really they're essentially equals. It could be Satu out there on Diana's journey and it could easily be Diana on Satu's journey. Right. So you have to look at that and understand that 
truly no one believes there's dark powers. It's just power, dude. Yeah. Right. I don't like that, but I understand it's part of what Hollywood, etc. does. Feeding into the stereotype. And also you need for everything, you need an opposite. You need a foe. Yeah, right. So this is the easy way to paint it. And God you know, knows we didn't have enough time to like really subtly draw things out <laughs> this season with no. all that was going on. We know Peter's bad. Yeah. So whatever energy he's doing... It's for bad things. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Labeling it darker magic? Yeah, we're all used to it by now. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. And this is totally an aside. I just love the shot we got with Agatha and the baby. Mm-hmm. And her hair wrap and her hair. And she she just was like so perfect. I like seeing them all at the Chateau. I really love that dinner mm-hmm. scene, which parallels the scene at Sarah's. I wish Miriam would have had a little bit more to say. No. She was just yeah. there, just like she was at Sarah's, just there. Yeah. When Sarah had her dinner scene. So you have the two matriarchs and how they hold it. It's the women in charge back in the future. Yeah. And you think it's Marcus? No, he's still a baby. He's still the, the, a I really don't <laughs> think Marcus is going to be calling a lot of shots next season. I think. No. Is always going to be the power behind the throne again? I'm, I'm fine with that. I am too. I'm fine with that too. Marcus is still learning. I mean, sure, maybe in 500 years he will be formidable. But right now he's got his training wheels oh, yeah. on and. And we sure saw that with Peter. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) This was the first time, though, even throughout all the book rereads, all the times we've recorded. This is the first time ever watching this episode 10 today where I'm like, it had to be Marcus because of him being flexible, the revolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. Willing to evolve. Like, I I knew that before, but for whatever reason, it just was like it had to be him. Also, he's willing to learn. Yes. He's not so set in his ways. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the other thing, too. And it also harkens back to the whole, why did Philippe give Matthew the Knights and Baldwin the congregation? Or Marcus the Knights? Well, no, he, he gave it to or Matthew. Matthew the I mean, and, and it's yeah. twofold. Right, right, right. It's not only okay. because he knew that Matthew wouldn't do anything in the immediate aftermath of his death and just kind of hold it. Placeholder. Mm-hmm. He also knew that, yeah, that he knew that Philippe knew that Matthew would be the perfect placeholder. And he also knew that when the time came, he would definitely give it to Marcus. And Marcus right. was yeah. the one that needed to have it. Yeah. It wasn't a matter of... It's stopping Bal- with Matthew. Or or Baldwin not being able to do the job. It was just right. Baldwin was not going to be the path that got it to Marcus. And exactly. And Philippe was all about evolution and change, mm-hmm. right? So he knew if he gave it to Baldwin, Baldwin would run it how Philippe ran it back in the day. Yeah. Yep. And that's not evolution and change at all. As did Isabeau. Isabeau did up until this point, too. Yeah. And then, yes. and then it also works. It works as far as the congregation goes, too. He gives Baldwin the congregation because he knew Baldwin would do the things he needed to do to maintain and protect the family, too. To maintain the family, protect the status quo as far as the family's power. And he also knew that when the time came, Baldwin would be fed up enough with doing it that he would give it over to Diana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm done with this. I'm Going back to Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. What shit can I fuck up there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm done with this shit. Answer your goddamn email yeah. and here you go. Drop right. it in her lap. I'm glad we talked through this episode because I feel yeah. better. I feel better about it, but it still feels more like a prologue than a wrap up. Yeah, it does. Well, to be honest, like I said earlier, uh, I felt that way with episode eight last season, too. I'm like, wait, what? What? Okay. Huh? You know, I was like, all right. But it, yeah, I think episode eight still tracked end of Discovery of Witches closer than the, the end of 
It did, but I had I have house bias, so I'm like, oh, they didn't visit the house. They didn't. The ghost didn't say goodbye. Know. Or, you know, it's like there there's that hole. And we never got. We didn't get the blasted tree. Yeah, and we didn't get to like drive in Sarah's old car. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even get to see them come back. Yeah, you know what we won't get in season three? What? When did Emily die? Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. We know exactly when she died. <laughs> she died because it was very subtle in the books. Emily died. Was it May? The month before Matthew and Diana returned. Yeah. And there's always ambiguity there yeah. where it's like did she die then and you know because they kept referring to the, the events in May and I'm like yeah that's when she died and I remember at this point early in fi- my fandom days mm-hmm. where people were like no I don't think she died then I'm like okay whatever <laughs> <laughs> I give up fine <laughs> but yeah definitely there's no questions asked Emily yeah. did not make it through this we saw it Sarah she saw it there's no there's we got no the grief, we got the grief porn oh god <laughs> terrible <laughs> So anything else? I don't know. In the absence of a cliffhanger, I'm okay with it being a prologue. Yeah. You know, it just makes yeah. me look forward to season three. And now that we talked it through, I can't wait for those aha moments. And there's a lot of, su- I mean, there's a lot of setup. There's a lot of pins we put in things and we're going to be watching it yep. for it. Especially at 10th knot. Yeah. Can't wait for her to whip that out. And Benji, I got my eyes on you, Benji. That's right. Benji. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter, you better fucking hide. Yeah. <laughs> All those things. Okay, so those of you who are still here after not, maybe you haven't read the books and you're still here, I will put in our show notes our list of chapter episodes. So as you pick up the books, you can follow along with us. There's a lot of joking. There's a lot of hilarity. There's a lot of us just being stupid and crazy, but we do get to the point and it'll help you follow through. Also, for those of you who want to chime in on this episode, I am leaving that form up and I will leave it up for a couple of weeks to give everybody a chance to comment and chime in because in a couple of weeks after this episode airs, we will come out and we will talk about you guys' thoughts and any questions you guys might have and we'll answer it the best we can or just if you want to just say your opinion, we'll read them out. Speak your peace. Speak your truth. Yes, speak your truth. Speak your truth. (laughs) (laughs) As good he likes to say <laughs> speak your truth we'll read it you could even disagree with us i mean that's fine we don't yeah. care we like different perspectives absolutely yeah so that'll be in the show notes and if you want to use speakpipe go to speakpipe.com slant demons discuss and we've already established i have no memory for phone numbers so look at the show notes or the <laughs> yes. episode notes the phone number will prominently be there and uh, if you have any comments about our coverage of the tv show episodes please say what you want if you didn't like it you thought we were too flippant sure say that we'll take it you know or if you liked it we like hearing that too because you know affirmation's good we like that and if you really liked our episodes why don't you go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or like any of your podcast apps if they give you an opportunity to write us a review please do so we appreciate that we love them anything else you are full of options I love it I know. I know. I will put them all in the show notes. So definitely give us feedback. We love hearing from you guys. And sure, this is our platform, but we like to share it with our listeners. And that's important to us. So anything else, guys? No. No. I'm sad that we're done with this season because it was beautifully done. 
Oh, I also have to announce, and I will announce it now, that after we are done doing uh, your feedback episodes, we're going on a six-week break because we need yes. <laughs> This is a marathon. You guys will see us with the June re- rewatch on Twitter and whatnot. So On Twitter, we'll repost these episodes. And also, we will be picking up with the Book of Life, Chapter 12. Mm-hmm. So six weeks from, I figure a couple weeks from now, just count and it gives you a good time to pick up the books and catch up to where we are at at chapter 12 in the book of life. And then you could pick up where we left off. So that's good. And we appreciate all of the good feedback we have gotten so far for these TV episodes. Thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words and everything you have been throwing our way, all the positivity. And we're throwing it back. Yay. Yay. Anything else? No, I don't think so. We're good. (laughs) We good. (laughs) We good. Say, say. Bye. Demon kiss. See ya. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes. 